Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Crime Weekly News. I'm Derek Lavasser. And I'm Stephanie Harlow. And we're here with another episode. We're going to be talking about uh, a familiar name tonight uh, on Crime Weekly News. And for most of you, by the time you've seen this, if you're following a lot of the true crime news, you probably already heard about this. But we're going to dive into it a little deeper. Yes. But before we dive into Crime Weekly News this week, I did want to say just because I've been complaining about it a lot. And I know Jay and our marketing. They heard you. You know, they heard me. I did get my summer merch. So I have my crop tank on right now for Criminal Coffee. I love it. It's so soft. And then I also have my zip up hoodie, which I love. I love the little coffee bean fingerprint on the sleeve. I'm loving this. And it's such good quality. It's so soft. I got this in uh, the oatmeal color too. And I got the crop tank in a couple different colors. Well, actually, this is the crop T-shirt, and I got the crop tank in a couple different colors. It all came today, so I did a little fashion show and then chose to wear these tonight. So, yes, I got it. Thank you, JNR. I'm sorry I complained so much, but you know the squeaky you should, wheel. You, gets you should have had a couple items. I think you were. I think your argue. I think your uh, your willingness or your want to have the shirts that you know for your company is fair. Um, is I the, really is did because crop- I saw somebody. Was it Samantha? Sam. At CrimeCon was wearing right. the crop tank <laughs> she had it or the crop you. shirt. And I was like, oh, my God, it does exist. <laughs> yeah. Did you um, – is it the same material for the crop top like as our T-shirts? No, it's like thinner and lighter and softer. Interesting. Because it's a crop It's a crop tee, so you don't want it to be like a heavy, like like stiffer T-shirt material. You want it to really move with you. It's, mm. it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. It's very buttery. I love it. And speaking of merch, uh, the Crime Weekly stuff that we announced last week, they, it flew off the shelves. Like we're out of, I think we're already selling out of a lot of sizes, but I talked to JNR today. So if there's any size missing that you're looking for, uh, it should be back in stock within a day or two. But thank you to everyone who, who went over and, and picked yourself up some merch. Okay. We, we want to dive into this one, Stephanie. Let's do it. Okay. So familiar name, Natalie Holloway. It's been uh, a few years, 2005, this occurred, right? So it's been a while since we've had an update on this case, but I'm sure as well as knowing Natalie Holloway, we also know the name Joran Vandersloot. Unfortunately, we know his name. And it was recently, actually today, it was announced that uh, he's going to face uh, charges, or I should say he's going to plead guilty to federal charges Wednesday for uh, extorting and defrauding Natalie Holloway's mother. And part of that agreement, he's going to, I guess, reveal the details of what happened to Natalie. What, what have you learned about this, Stephanie? So as a refresher, Natalie Holloway was 18 years old when she took a senior trip to Aruba in May of 2005 with her high school, Mountain Brook High School. Natalie Holloway was last seen leaving a bar with Joran Vandersloot, but she was never found. So we kind of always knew, you know, that he was responsible. He was super sketchy. He was into a lot of other stuff. And as we'll come to find, you know, this he didn't stop with Natalie. Right. Um, He he's he's been accused of and charged of of other murders, at least one other. He'd been, been found guilty. With. Yeah. Yeah. So in 2012, a judge legally declared Natalie Holloway dead after a request from her father. So what actually happened was Jorn Vandersloot had contacted Beth Holloway, Natalie's mother, and he said, hey, if you give me money, I believe it was $125,000, no, $250,000. If you give me $250,000, mm-hmm. I will tell you where your daughter is and what happened to her. And so Beth Holloway ended up 
uh, wiring him $25,000 and then he kind of gave her some details and things, but then later admitted in an email that it was all bogus, like none of it was true. And that's where this extortion charge comes in. Now, the thing is, this happened between uh, March 29th, 2010 and May 17th, 2010, this whole extortion plot. Yep. Like, you know what also happened in May of 2010? Hit me with it. Allegedly, on May 30th, 2010, Jorn Van, not allegedly, so Jorn Vandersloot says he murdered 21-year-old Stephanie Flores in Peru at a casino that her father owned on May 30th, 2010, in a fit of anger after she found out he was connected to Natalie Holloway's disappearance, which is funny to me because it's like, you you murdered her in a fit of anger because she found out you were connected to Natalie Holloway? Like, is that why you murdered her? Or did you murder her just because you like to murder young girls? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, which, that, which is I it? I think she could go tell people. Maybe he said some things that he shouldn't have said. When, when, she, when we say she found out about it, she may not have been Googling it. There might have been something that he said or to to her or in, to someone else that she overheard where now those suspicions – are surrounding his involvement were confirmed where she knows with, with 100% certainty, oh, you actually killed her. And maybe she brings maybe this up. Maybe he confessed or something. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that, right? Or And, and at that point, he's like, oh, I have to get rid of her. You know, so it's, I don't think she just, she knew, I'm, I'm hoping that yeah. she knew going into this, what he's connected to, there must have been something that happened where she found out something she, he didn't want anybody else knowing. Yeah, it wasn't like they were just on a date at a restaurant. She looked yeah. at him and she was like, hold up. Are you Jorn Vandersloot? And yeah, he was like, exactly. oh, you got to go, you know? like. Yep, no, she was aware on. of who he was. Yeah, so he was actually originally sentenced to 28 years in prison for killing Stephanie Flores. More time was added because of a drug smuggling scandal in which he was involved with behind bars. So this guy's just he's a winner. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's a winner. He he really just likes to live the straight and narrow life. You know, this is a person that needs to go away forever. He's a forever. repeat offender. I'm not sure why he only got 28 years for this murder that he literally confessed to and said, I did it in a fit of rage. It wasn't like, oh, it was an accident or, you know, we were having sex and I accidentally choked her to death or something like he was like, yeah, I just killed her because I was pissed off. And then he gets 28 years. It's just bananas. So with this extortion charge that he has now, part of his plea deal, as you said, is that he's going to give the details of what happened to Natalie finally. And uh, the lawyer for Beth Holloway basically said, you know, even though this happens, like we are not going to be searching for Natalie, which yep. you said kind of indicates that they probably yeah, we were talking. Yeah, we were talking before we started recording. Yeah, it, it probably indicates they disposed of her in the ocean. I mean, probably. it's Aruba. There's pretty much multiple. It, it's Aruba. The, the ocean's right there. You, yeah. So and, so part of the, so like you said, part of the plea deal is that he he has to reveal uh, how. Natalie died, mm -hmm. but also where her body was disposed of. And for him to come out publicly and say, and this is the quote right from him, basically, that, that there won't be any further investigation or search for Natalie's remains, which I think does tell you that whatever happened to her, um, she was disposed of in an area where it's not accessible or like you just said, it was in the ocean where it would be impossible at this point yeah. to find her between the depths of the water and also other things there and decomposition. He probably took her out pick. in a boat, honestly, pretty far. Yeah. They probably don't even remember down. exactly where. Wait, yeah, honestly. weighed her down, Scott Peterson style. And yeah. Yep. So 
the fact that they're saying that is a pretty good indication. And, and this has been speculated for a very long time that she was probably brought out in a boat. They might have even been on a boat before she was killed. And and that's what happened. So I don't know how this resonates with the family members. I don't think, and fortunately you and I will never know, but I do wonder as this information comes out, because I don't think it's any secret that this entire time, Natalie's family has felt that Vandersloot was good for this. It was just a matter of him. We all did. Yeah, we all did. I don't think there's very many people out there who didn't believe he did it. And whoever did, I think when he was convicted of the murder in 2010, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, he's just he's just a bad guy all around. This is like going to keep happening until he's in prison. So I wonder now that and I have a weird feeling that these details were already revealed to the family. I, I would hope that they were. Before so it says that Beth Holloway, after the plea deal goes through, she's going to do a press conference to reveal to the public what the FBI learned yep. about this. So we'll have that information. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that she'll have it first. That's how it should be. Um, I hope that she has it first. And I wonder how she feels at this point, because it's, it's it is confirmation of what she's always known. And I wonder if there's any satisfaction in having a video or audio statement where the person that you've known all along did this to your to your beautiful daughter is now saying what actually happened from his own lips. I wonder if there is any satisfaction or is it kind of like, no, this this it might re, re-traumatize her to, to hear these facts. And because think about this, how many times has she sat in bed or anywhere during the day and thought about her daughter and what happened that night and where she is and and is maybe the small chance that she she might be alive even though she probably knew it wasn't very likely like how many scenarios has she played out over these years and to now have confirmation of what actually happened i don't i how do you think that would make her feel and again we're speculating but do you think that there's a part, part of her that's relieved or do you think this actually is worse at this point where it's like ripping off an old Band-Aid, you know, and now it's like the wounds rip, you know, wide open again? I mean, uh, I don't know. Right? I don't know because I, 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 I don't think you can be in that position unless you're in that position. For yeah, me, thank God we're not. knowing myself, it would feel a little bit like reopening a wound. I agree. You know? Um, I agree 100%. I was going to weigh in after you. You're probably trying to like not move on, but trying to distract yourself, trying to, you know, fill your days, fill your time so that you don't have empty moments where you can think about these things and to now have to refocus on this after so long. It would be incredibly difficult and it has to feel like there's a complete hole in her life that will never go away and this information isn't going to fill it up. In fact, would it be better to not know uh, the details? At this point, I I wonder what, I wonder. Yeah, I, I would want, as a parent, I would... I think as I think as a parent in her shoes, I would want to know one way or the other. Is my daughter dead or alive? Because I think that's the worst thing. Not knowing, you know, you have an abduction and you just never know whether that child is still alive, being tortured or harmed every day or whether they're dead, where there would at least be like some closure to it. I would not want to know the details of how my child died. I agree. I wouldn't. Yeah, I agree. I it's been it hasn't been completely 20 years yet. Right. No, it has. No, it hasn't. It hasn't been fully no, 20 years. It, We're coming it, up on it. So here's a weird thing. Five years to the day of Natalie Holloway's disappearance is when he killed Stephanie Flores. Mm, and that's, that's kind of weird. But maybe that's what brought it up in conversation. So he said 
he admitted to beating, choking, and smothering Stephanie to death in his hotel room in Lima, Peru. And he reportedly told investigators that Stephanie had seen an online message accusing him of Natalie's disappearance leading to the violence. I don't believe that. Yeah, no, that's that's no. that's that's false. I don't that's believe false. that. And if that's all it took to lead you to kill somebody, to what did he say? Beat, choke, and smother this this twenty one year old girl. If that's all it took, was her mm-hmm. seeing. Uh, you know, somebody accusing you of something, then you definitely have bigger problems, bigger problems than that. Like you have anger problems. And like I said, this person must be a psychopath of some kind. Natalie was not his. I don't believe Natalie was even his first. He was only 17 years old when Natalie Holloway disappeared. Yeah. I still don't think that she was his first victim. And I don't think that he did nothing else between Natalie and Stephanie five years later. I think that there's women missing out there or dead that he has a hand in. It's possible. I'll say that. I mean, I'm, I'm looking it's probable, at probable, different... right? Am I right? Is it probable? I don't know. This could have been a punk kid. I don't know if he was like a serial killer. I don't know. I haven't researched him enough to know like the psychology behind him or listen to any interviews or whatever. But He's a freaking degenerate scumbag. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think that night, and I believe there were friends there. But to not get too far off the path, we're coming back to Natalie's mom, Beth, it's it's one of those situations where I've seen a lot of cases where parents that I've dealt with in a moment of tragedy where they've lost a child, in that moment, I remember them learning of their death. And it's I think that at the, we have to watch them for a while to make sure that they're okay and they're not going to harm themselves. But then I may see them five or seven years later and Although I know inside they're still hurting and the piece of them is missing, they've kind of moved on. And as humans, we have an ability to do that. We're resilient where even when you lose something that important to you, you have ability to move on in your life differently, but still function and be a contributing member of society and work. And I don't know how they do it, but but they do it. And so considering it's almost been 20 years, I'm sure part of it, Natalie's parents have have not moved on, but have found a way to live and found a way to continue on with their lives. And to have this resurface now and to know the specifics about what happened, the best thing that I can equate it to for me, what I think it would be like, and, and I think almost everybody watching this or listening to this can relate to this in, at some point in their life, but you have someone that you trust or someone that you care about hurt you in some way, lie to you, whatever it might be, and then you call them out on it and you confront them about it and they tell you the details of what happened. And as much as you hate to hear it, you hear those details. And then for months, all you can do is replay that situation as if you were there because it was so hurtful what they did. And now you understand what they did and you're envisioning that. And I would think this would be similar. Like you said, like you wouldn't want to know those details for that reason. I hope I'm wrong, but I really feel for Natalie's parents at this point because I do think this is a situation where they're being re-victimized. And it's at the expense of Vandersloot because in a way, the only reason he's doing this which is to reduce his sentence for this guilty plea. That's part of it. They want that that the, the closure as far as, you know, the investigators are concerned. They want to put a pin in Natalie's case. They want to know what happened and they're willing to give him a better deal for that. And I definitely think we got to talk about the deal that he's getting and his his other charge, how many years he has, because we were talking before we started recording, you do the math on this. I don't know how much he's going to get for this extortion charge, but he's only he only was serving 28 years on the murder in Peru. And part of the whole deal is he's going to do his time in Peru. Then he's going to be transferred to the United States to serve out the sentencing mm-hmm. for this charge. There's a real world where this guy that you're talking about 
could be back on the streets. He'll he'll be older, but he could be walking amongst all of us. And that's what I'm saying. Crazy. Like that's a problem because he's a repeat offender. And he has no problem just killing people. Right. And then, you know, uh, I remember they like hired somebody. uh, It was years ago. They hired a guy like an actor to pretend to be a drug dealer. And he recorded a confession from Vandersloot. And Vandersloot said that Natalie had a seizure while they were together and he panicked and called a friend. And then they went out in a boat and just like threw her off the side. I don't believe that either. And then later he retracted the confession. He was like, oh, I was just trying to impress the drug dealer. When he confessed to killing Stephanie Flores after he fled Peru, I think he went to Chile, he got caught and he confessed to killing Stephanie Flores. And then a week later, he was like, my bad. I take back my confession. You know, this is not a a person who does something and then feels bad about it and wants to make it right. He's always just trying to figure out a way to not face repercussions or at least not as many repercussions as he deserves. He's taken two lives now and two young lives with with their whole lives ahead of them. And w- maybe he serves 30 years in prison, 30, 35 years, maybe. That seems that seems wrong. And it seems like this is a dangerous person that probably shouldn't be back out on the streets at no matter what age. I, I completely agree. I can't imagine. I can't imagine us sitting here and being like, yeah, Vandersloot got out. I mean, he would probably be in his 60s by this point. But again, it's it's he's killed one woman. Actually, he's killed two, two women that yeah. we know of. That we know he's, of. <laughs> he, he, he's traumatized and victimized multiple family members and friends of both of these victims. And he gets to go on with his life at any point and breathe the fresh air and walk around like nothing happened um, while those two innocent people and their families are never the same. Doesn't really make sense to me. And, and that's where I think you and I really, you know, we're on the same page as far as the, the justice system and how it works. And I know it's supposed to be some form of rehabilitation, but at some point you just got to say, hey, throw away the key. No, we'll there's see. no rehabilitation you're here for until people like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're here until you die. And honestly, like if he's getting a deal and a reduced sentence on the extortion thing for giving up details about what happened to Natalie, like you can prove the extortion thing, you know, yeah. that's pretty yeah. easily proven. He's already in prison. You don't really need to give him a deal. No, and, but do and you think, do you think the family, do you think they went to Natalie's family and said, hey, would you be willing to do this? Do you want to know? I mean, does it seem fair to the rest of the innocent people just sitting around the planet who could be victimized by him when he gets released and strolls out of prison that, you know, for some information, he gets this like reduced sentence and and gets to live his life and and continue to victimize? Because I don't think he'll stop. I wonder how much of a deal it is. We'll have to wait for the specifics to come out because I'm looking for I don't know. It could be a combination of charges. I'm seeing different reports. I'm seeing five years. I'm seeing some that say seven. And minimum sentencing for federal crime is you have to do it 80% of your sentence. So, you know, if he gets 10 years, he's got to do at least eight years, which still I, doesn't seem like a lot. But if they I only, if they only give I him don't six, understand it. I don't understand it. Because if, if they only give him a year off, I think I think I'd it, what's a year? You know, I, if, if the family really wanted to know, I think as a prosecutor, I'd be willing to do that. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, at this point, like, I just don't understand why he wasn't put on trial for Natalie's murder to begin with. Right. Because then maybe Stephanie Flores would be alive. He's the last person seen with her. Different conversation there. He's the last person seen with her. He's seen with her on surveillance camera. There's uh, she freaking vanishes. Right. He's got a reputation for being a dickhead around the area. He's got money. His family is influential. Um, And then you have the fact that he confesses on tape. 
and then later says, oh, I didn't mean it. And just because they couldn't find her body, they didn't bother to bring him to court. And I don't I don't understand that because I think as a jury member, it's pretty clear what happened. At least you could have tried. And now and you could say, oh, well, double jeopardy. We don't want to try and then not be able to um, bring him back to court if if we ever do find her body. But at this point, now you're you're not getting any murder charges on him for Natalie. You're just getting yeah. this extortion charge and he's getting a deal. So what what's wrong with the world when the bad guy sort of <laughs> comes out on top in the whole situation? Yeah, I, I think my final thoughts on this is just we're thinking about we're thinking about David. We're thinking about Beth. Um, I believe they have a younger child as well, Matthew. Um, they are separated from what I understand, but I Beth hope and David, you mean? Yeah, her Na- yeah, Beth and David. Because remember Natalie Holloway's mother, Beth, dated John Benet Ramsey's That's right. father for That's a little right. while there. So yeah. they got divorced in ninety three. So they, even yeah. before uh yeah. Natalie that whole thing went down. But overall, I hope we're wrong. I really hope we're wrong in what we're thinking about as far as how we may potentially react to this news. I, I hope for their sake we're wrong. Either way, we're thinking of them. I, I really hope that this gives them some type of um, I don't want to say, like I said, I hate to use the word closure, but just some 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 type of answer where maybe this was something that they needed to hear to finally put this to rest. And that's that's all that really matters, how they feel about it, because it's their child. So we're thinking of them, but I'll at give the, you the final words. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if Joran Vandersloot comes out with some bullshit, like Natalie Holloway had a seizure and I didn't know what to do, so I threw her in the ocean. Come on, man. Like, I'm going to be You don't real. think that's potential that is what happened, though? No, I don't think it's. No, no, I don't think it's potentially what happened because then he goes on to beat, smother and strangle a 21 year old to death five years later on the same day that Natalie Holloway disappears. You don't just like accidentally. Oh, she had a seizure. Why would not you call the hospital? You know, like, why wouldn't you get like it's not your fault. So why would you panic and not know what to do? I, well, that's. I definitely think there's more to it, but I think it could be a situation where, and yeah, I haven't he killed her, man. I haven't studied this case, but it could be a situation where they drugged her. You know, they had some some intentions with her sexual intentions. Well, no, that's not. Then she just had a seizure, and you didn't know what to do. Then that's no. Murder. But she could have. So sometimes I find with these offenders, there's some there's some streak of truth in there because that's how they're able to kind of just wheel with it. And it could be a situation where they pumped her full of something that she shouldn't have been taking. She didn't know I mean, about it. He was it. like a drug dealer, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And so they give her a date rape drug or something. They, she overdoses on it, and she does have some type of reaction to it. And they they panic because they know they can't bring her to the hospital because they're going to find all these drugs in her system. And so they deci- decide to dispose of her body instead of bringing her to the hospital. I think that could be a situation. Yeah, I guess. Or. Or it could be like you're saying, there could be a, a world where she she said no, he didn't like it, and he beat her to death. I hope. I mean, there's no good there's no good way, but I hope that's not the case. And I hope when he gives the specifics that Beth and David are satisfied with him because they know this case better than anyone. And I hope it lines up with the information that, that has been relayed publicly, but also to them behind closed doors from from authorities who who are connected to the case. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, well, Vandersloot dies in prison. Well, Should I say is, that? Is that is that not politically correct? No, I I hope he does too. Okay. Yeah. See you later, Vandersloot. Um, see you well, never, bud. I will say this is interesting. Um, some some experts who have talked about this case said that they don't believe that he will ever be prosecuted in Aruba in connection with Natalie's death, right? Because the United States can prosecute him for this 
wire fraud thing because right. it, it involves somebody on United States soil, but they can't really do anything about Natalie's murder because it happened in Aruba. That would be up to the officials in Aruba. And um, they said he's admitted to it before. Aruba hasn't done anything about it. I think we'll find there was a lot of corruption in Aruba that prevented not only the prosecution, but even the investigation and the disappearance and death of Natalie Holloway. Now, that's interesting because, once again, somebody should pay for this dude being obviously the one who did it and allowing him to go on and then five years to the day later murder somebody else. Somebody has to answer for that. So that is my final word. Yeah, and and here's the problem. And I just looked it up because I didn't know. Statute of limitations on murder, 12 years. There should not be a statute of limitations on murder. Yep, statute of limitations on, on murder, 12 years. What, who even made that rule? Like, who who was high off their ass on Joran Vandersloot's drugs and said, yeah, it makes absolute sense to just put a an expiration date on murder charges. Why not? Yeah, and, Is and that that's just part in Aruba? Reason, Is that in Aruba? That's in Aruba. And that's part of the reason that they closed the case on Natalie Holloway because of the of, of the statute of limitations. And I guess this is, I'm looking at a news article. It's actually from Kelly, the uh, Holloway's attorney. John where Q. It says, Kelly. Yep, where it says that there was a 12-year statute of limitations for murder in All Aruba. Right, note so, to self, don't, don't go get killed to Aruba. Aruba. Don't go to Aruba. Yeah. yeah. No, don't so, go to Aruba at all, man. Okay, now, at this point. Well, that's so, that, so at least we know now. He's okay with admitting it because he can't be charged. Uh, you're a tourist destination. And you're going to literally say like, yeah, we hope you don't get murdered here because we don't give a shit. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Honestly. I, I was not expecting that one. Well- that's all we got. We want to hear from you guys way down in the comments below. We had a lot of, uh, <laughs> I guess, uh, feelings on this case. It's frustrating. I mean, it's a, it's a least. big case. It's it's like I feel like I've known about it all my life, you know? Yeah. Think about it. 2005. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Most of it. Yeah. It's it's sad. Uh, all, all the best to Natalie's family. Yes. This, I mean, there's nothing that, that we can say to, to make this nope. better, to make nope. this less tragic and less disgusting and gruesome and it's just it's it's a tragedy and i do hope at least this seals it up you know yeah for, they, for it's finally the end of a chapter they know they'll know concretely what happened and they can process it I hope and, they can heal yeah. yep absolutely we appreciate you guys being here way down in the comments below let, let us know what you think about this what do you think about our about our guy vandersloot what do you think should be done with him uh, as far as all this? It, like, give serious answers, too. Like, what do you actually think? How do we how do we work around this? Because you could be walking down the street and run into this guy. It's pretty crazy. So we want to hear from you and guys. he's all over the damn place. Apparently, he's got a girlfriend and a wife in Peru. So Yeah, well, that's great. They can stay those, there. Those two women definitely don't read the news. No, yeah, they can, they can stay in Peru. We'll be back later this week. We're going to have part two of Arnie Johnson. So make sure that if you're not already... You're subscribed to the channel. If you're listening, uh, watching on YouTube, make sure you have your notifications on. And if you're listening on one of the podcast platforms, make sure you have your notifications on there as well. Uh, the episode will be out at 3 a.m. for audio on Friday and then out on Sunday afternoon time. We'll see you guys soon. Everyone stay safe out there. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.